Sarah, help. I had a lovely Sunday dinner. I was totally full. And then what did I go and do? Ate half a packet of biscuits and enough ice cream to give me stomachache for the rest of the night. Why, why, why do I do this to myself? If craving sweet stuff after your evening meal sounds familiar to you, in this episode we'll explain the reason why it happens and listen up because some of them may be a surprise to you and what you can start doing differently from today to start switching things up. Hi, I'm Sarah Butler, over 17 years working in the diet industry and over 40 years of my own binge eating and weight struggles taught me that there had to be another way. So I created it. I now live slimmer, happier and eating exactly what I want. And in this podcast, I share the other way with you. The other way to work with your body and your mind rather than against them, so that you get to create real and lasting change, all from the inside out. Ready for a life less dieted? Let's go. Hey, hey, Sarah here. Welcome back. So I'm sharing such a useful message with permission from one of my clients, Louise, today. So for background, Louise is fairly early into her other way journey and she really felt she was making progress. And then boom, an old habit raised its head and her confidence in herself and what changes she was making came crashing down. So here's what she said to me. Oh, Sarah, I thought I'd turned a corner, but I came crashing back down to earth last night. I had a lovely Sunday dinner. I was totally full didn't need anything else. And then what did I go and do? I opened a packet of biscuits and consumed half of them. And then a massive bowl of mint choc chip ice cream. I had stomach ache all night. I was so full. Why, why, why do I do this to myself? The first thing to say about this non-diet approach that Louise is taking is that the journey is rarely linear. You know, you can think you're making progress and then take a step back, but she's always moving forward. And that's what she needs to hang on to. And hey, with regards to this issue specifically, this craving sweet stuff after a meal, Louise is far from alone. This is so, so common. So let's take a dive a little deeper. First of all, reading between the lines of Louise's message, I could hear the frustration with herself. And you know, it's so important that we quit the blame game, drop the expectation of changing overnight and really come from a place of compassion towards ourselves. And if you can't quite do full on compassion yet, at least from a place of curiosity. So maybe instead of why do I do this to myself, maybe a more useful question would be, ah, interesting. I wonder, I wonder what's going on for me here. Do you you see the difference? Secondly, there's nothing inherently wrong with eating sweet stuff. Diet culture has done an excellent job in making us believe that we shouldn't eat sweet foods. But all that that restriction does is make us want more. And then it gives us a serving of guilt on the side because it's in some way naughty And we all know how that particular little rabbit hole ends up, don't we? 
So it's important to recognise that eating sweet food isn't a weakness, it isn't naughty, it is what it is. Food is great. We're meant to eat. We're meant to enjoy it. And it's okay to eat a variety of foods, including sweet stuff. And if we're trying to resist just because of someone else's rules around sweet food, then that isn't a reason to resist. However, if we want to tweak our intake of sugar down a notch or two because too much of it doesn't feel good to us or because it leaves us feeling unhappy or physically uncomfortable or both, then that's a different matter. So let's go there. Let's look at why we can crave sugar even after a large meal that's been perfectly satisfactory to us. There are some very good reasons why it happens. Some may surprise you and none of them are because you're weak or stupid or greedy. So first of all, a teeny bit of science just to give us some background understanding to kick off with. When we eat and digest sugar, it gives us a reward. And hey, we all like rewards, don't we? So it literally activates the reward centres in our brains. It releases things like opioids and dopamine and serotonin, commonly known as the happy hormones. And so basically, sugar in, in a brief moment gives us pleasure. And what this does is nudge our brains to be more motivated to repeat that again and again until it becomes a habit. I.e. it gets us to eat more sugar on more occasions and what it kind of says is well that worked that felt good so the next time this situation happens let's eat that sugar again and you know at its most basic level this is a built-in survival mechanism to help us choose sweet over bitter which in many cases gazillions of years ago when we lived in the wild meant safe food versus toxic food or safe food versus poisonous food So sweet food was often safer and bitter food was often poisonous or toxic toxic to us. And then layered onto that, wanting sweet after a meal might be due to a variety of reasons. So let's have a look. First of all, just pure habit. You know, our clever, clever brains are programmed to be on autopilot as much as possible to prevent us having to do unnecessary work or effort. The part of the brain responsible for planning and problem solving and decision making, it's called the prefrontal cortex. You may have heard of it. While the part of the brain responsible for our habits is the basal ganglia. Now, when our prefrontal cortex is tired, typically after, you know, a long day at work or you know, being on computers and social media and planning and thinking how how to balance everything we have to balance, then the basal ganglia takes over. Phew! It thinks it's doing us a favour. It goes, hey, take a rest, rest up, take a break from all this thinking and decision-making stuff. Here, rely on your habits to take over some of the load. They'll just run on autopilot. And... At this time, if you've got a convenient and easy access to sweet stuff, then your basal ganglia may just lead you on autopilot to those easy calories, that easy pleasure, that reward over and over again. Also, the later in the day it is, the more thinking and decision making we've had to do. 
you know, our energy, our mood, our capacity to use that more logical, rational part of our brains diminishes as the days go on. We literally get tired. And interestingly, have you ever noticed that craving sugar after a meal is often the strongest, well, sometimes after lunch, but most often after your evening meal, not usually after breakfast so much. And that's because traditionally we've probably been more likely to eat something sugary after lunch or dinner. When, you know, when we were little, we were probably giving, given something sweet after a savoury lunch or a savoury dinner, not so much breakfast. And, you know, the amount of people who say to me, Sarah, I can be good all day and then I blow it in the evening. And it's because of this. This is the reason it's not them. They blame it on their willpower or being weak willed. But part of the reason is all the thinking stuff that we've dealt with all day. And the later in the day it gets, literally the tireder our conscious brain gets and the more our habits are chomping at the bit to take over some of the load for us. So it's actually, you know, a normal thing that happens. Now, the second reason why you may crave something sweet, even after a meal, is what you've just eaten in that meal may be a little bit out of balance. So uneven blood sugar levels after, after a meal can also trigger cravings for something sweet. So if your meal comprises mainly of carbohydrates, especially simple carbohydrates, which I'll explain in a minute, then it results in an immediate kind of hike or spike in your blood sugar levels. But it's only temporary because then the blood sugar levels drop again suddenly after the meal. And at this point, your body freaks out at this sudden dip. It can't cope with it. And it sends you on a hunt for something, i.e. something sweet, to make you feel better in that moment i.e. to get you back onto that high again. Now, what I mean by simple carbohydrates are carbohydrates where the energy in those carbs are easily accessible and easily and quickly released. And we're talking about things like white flour-based foods. We're talking about fruit juice and full sugar fizzy drinks, but certainly anything like white bread, white pasta, white rice, all those kind of things. More complex carbohydrates are where the molecules in those carbohydrates are more tightly entangled. And what that means is that the energy that's contained in those foods is released more slowly over a long, longer time and keeps us fuller for longer. And more complex carbohydrates tend to be the whole grain products. So brown bread, whole grain bread, brown pasta or rice. Okay. So, so that helps explain it a little bit. The cravings can also arise as kind of a complementary need to a very salty meal that you maybe just have eaten. So if you eat something very salty, the body's cravings for something sweet is its way of trying to compensate for the over saltiness. So how do we change things up? Well, the good news is that now that you know all this, there are quite easy steps we can take if you want to, if it would feel good for you, to lessen the sugar cravings after a meal. Step one, don't cut down on sugar completely. Craving sugar after a meal is natural. Dropping all sources of sugar from your diet and suppressing the sweet cravings completely 
will only intensify those cravings with you ending up thinking of nothing but sugar, 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 sugar. So there's no need to go harsh on yourself. You will crave more of what you ban or restrict or say that you can't have. So don't ban it. You're setting yourself up for failure. Secondly, balance out your meals. But, you know, rather than cutting back on things or taking things out completely, just try and add things in. So try not to carb it alone. You know, if you've got a meal that's heavily simple carbohydrates, you know, try tweaking it into more complex carbohydrates. So things like brown rice and other whole grains, pulses, veggies, but also, you know, try adding some more fats and protein to your meal or to your snack. You know, this will work wonders. So you don't have to cut back on things or cut things out. Just try adding things in and also be really mindful of foods that have a very high salt content as well. And just try tweaking that down a little bit and seeing if it makes a difference. The third step is changing up the habit. So the third bit of great news is that you can retrain your brain. So first of all, again, don't ban yourself. Don't say to yourself that you can't have it, you mustn't have it, you shouldn't have it. Give yourself 30 minutes grace. So what I mean by that is say to yourself, okay, this this craving, this urge, however you want to describe it, it's really strong at the moment. And if I still feel like this in 30 minutes, then I'm going to have some because I really don't believe in depriving myself. It really helps to think of cravings like a wave. You know, waves come and they go. Now, I don't know about you, but can you imagine a time in the past when you've been perhaps paddling in the sea and you've gone a bit deeper and a bit deeper and it's quite choppy and you're kind of ducking and diving through the waves, but all of a sudden a really big wave comes and knocks you off your feet. And in that moment, you know, you're gasping for breath and the the wave is all consuming and so, so powerful. And for a few split moments, you think, am I ever going to be able to stand up again? Am I ever going to be able to break out of this wave and come out of the water? Because it feels so strong. But you know what? If you just stop fighting and just ride that wave a little bit, it always dissolves into nothing. It always goes out again. You know, waves come and waves go. They always pass and much quicker than you think. And the same goes for the craving waves or the urge waves, if you like. It also really helps to understand the three main components of a habit. So a a habit consists of the cue, the routine and the reward. So, for example, your cue in this example is the end of dinner. You know, you've eaten your dinner, you put your knife and and fork down and you get this craving for sweet stuff. So that's your cue. The routine is eating the something sweet and the reward is the feelings of pleasure that that produces. So in this example, your cue is the end of dinner, but it might equally be the time of day, you know, like getting home after a long day's work or when you finally flop down on the settee to unwind after a long busy day. So identify your cue. The routine is grabbing something sweet 
And the reward, well, the actual physical reward is the sweet stuff, but the internal reward from having that varies from person to person. So it may be that surge of dopamine and serotonin, you know, the pleasure. It might be extra calories if the dinner wasn't enough or just feeling relaxed or distressed from the day. So a great tip for changing habits is to change just the middle bit, the routine, whilst keeping the cue and the reward the same. Okay, so let's look into that. First of all, remember, you're giving yourself permission to have whatever it is. If after 30 minutes, it still feels like something that you really need to have or want to have. So we're keeping the cue the same, which is the end of dinner. But you need to find a new routine that will give you the same reward. Now, there's nothing more annoying than some health expert telling you just to go for a walk or have a bath and, you know, forget about it. So I'm not going to say what that might be for you because it's going to be different for everyone. You know, it might be taking a relaxing bath. It might be sitting down for some mindless Netflix. You know, it might be playing, I don't know, Wordle on your phone for 20 minutes. You know, whatever would give you some pleasure in that moment, do it. And then after 30 minutes or so, after you've done this other routine, if you're still craving the sweet reward, if it's still calling your name, have it. But have it and flipping enjoy it. Don't have it in kind of a regretful or sneaky way. Fully enjoy every morsel, the whole experience. And then just carry on with your day. But the chances are, and research research suggests 80% of the time, you won't even be thinking about it. Because that all-consuming wave has crashed to the shore and has dissipated. Dissipated away to nothing just as all waves must and all waves will. So this takes practice, but if you can delay that gratification until the craving subsides, you will break the habit. Identifying your habit loop, which is that the cue, the routine and the reward, that's what we call the habit loop. So, you know, identifying that and being able to do something different, something about it is the key. And you can do this. So thank you for listening. If you're curious about the other way, which is my non-diet approach to living at your happy weight, I've got a free Facebook group where I give lots more tips and strategies and host host live trainings and coaching sessions. You'd be so welcome to come and join us and I'll pop the link in the show notes. Until next time, love yourself lots. Mwah.